Welcome to the Sports Talker with T.J. Walker, presented by Allen Electric. And now, here's T.J. Walker. Hello, everybody. Happy Thursday or Wednesday to you. I'm a day ahead. Hump day edition of the Sports Talker here on 1450 of the Sports Buzz. The week is flying by, Trevor, but we're not quite to Thursday just yet, although we do have a jam-packed show, which I'm sure will fly by. Today, as always, like I mentioned, Trevor Kelsey, producer of the show. Trevor, how's it going? I kind of wish it was Friday. Well, I didn't say Friday. I said Thursday, but I do. I, I wish it was Thursday as well. But Not because okay. I want to get off for the weekend, but because that means we're even closer to the football season beginning and my fantasy drafts. That's a good point. That's a good point. Uh, big sports day today. UK receives a basketball commitment, so you know we're going to talk plenty of that. We're going to have the general manager of Louisville City FC come on the show today. I'm excited to to have Amanda Duffy join us in the second segment. Louisville City FC, in, a, in one week, we'll be talking about their match against MLS Orlando City, which is easily going to be the biggest home game in Louisville City FC history. That's next Tuesday, so we'll talk to that about Amanda. There's also uh, a big game this weekend for Louisville City FC, which I'm sure we will discuss that as well. They're second in the USL. And a little bit of breaking news with Louisville City FC. Uh, some of their some of the members that represent Louisville City FC, Trevor, are going to meet with Louisville Mayor Greg Fisher on Monday to discuss uh, the very beginning stages of looking for a a permanent soccer specific stadium. Does that get you excited for soccer here in, in Louisville? You have no idea how thrilled I am right now. If you could see my face, you'd be shocked. I, I sense your sarcasm. No, I'm, 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 I'm happy. I'm good. It's glad. No, it, it is exciting. It, it, if this team is, you're still sensing that sarcasm, to, by the way, if this team, ever, <laughs> you know, I just, I don't really care to be honest. If this team's ever going to join the MLS, they're going to have to get their own stadium and also it'll just change the landscape of Louisville as a city to have a, a soccer specific stadium and it'll it'll help them move in the direct direction for that MLS uh, to, to join that league and, and get out of the USL although the USL has been fun for this year that Louisville has has been in it and I don't think any MLS expansion would be realistic until probably about 2020 maybe at the earliest uh, but it's the Courier Journal had written a story on Louisville City FC and this meeting that's going to take place on Monday, and now you have Cincinnati getting a USL team. Uh, Indianapolis has an NASL team, which is considered maybe a, a a division above the USL, and St. Louis obviously has a USL team. All those teams would be interested in a MLS team without a doubt but it's very unlikely more than one will get one with the proximity that all those cities are with, within one another. So it could be the first one to build a stadium, have an appealing bid, could be the one to, to land an MLS. So we'll talk about that with uh, Amanda Duffy and Louisville City's huge home match, two home matches this Saturday and, of course, on Tuesday. We're going to talk UK's newest commitment, Sasha Killa-Jones, originally from Chapel Hill, North Carolina. Name again? Sasha Killa Jones. You made that up. What what makes you Killa no, Killa Jones? That's a made up name. No, no, it's not. It's not. That's his name. You're teasing all of us. There was no recruit. 
He's a four-star, likely will be a five-star before he's all said and done. Blew up this summer. Uh, just was a Virginia commit not too long ago. Stayed committed to the Cavaliers for five or six months before opening things back up. Uh, and that's when he received offers from UK, Kansas, his home school of North Carolina, and, and decided that Kentucky was the best choice for him. Unofficially visited UK back in the spring, and that's, in my opinion, when he made up his mind and, and uh, really could relate with John Calipari, relate with Kentucky's program, and knew that that would be the best road for him to reach his dreams, which ultimately are in the NBA. Uh, I'm going to talk about him and their recruiting class and where do they go from here. But if you want to head on over to catsillustrated.com, uh, we have video analysis. We have video of, of Killa Jones playing. Uh, we have quotes from his AAU coach about what to, UK fans can expect. Will he be a one-and-done player? Should he be a one-and-done player? What he will bring to UK, what he needs to work on. And then also there's some analysis from me on there, uh, but I'm also going to give that to you here as well so uh, so it's, like, a, so it's uh, like listening to a book on tape it is it's like listening to a book on tape but if you want some written analysis cats illustrated is the place to go we've we've got you covered on the killer jones uh, commitment to kentucky and he becomes the second commitment in 2016 joining power forward ty winyard but winyard likely to enroll in in january so the way i see it more than likely, Sasha Killa Jones is the first 2016 commit. Uh, and also, Isaac Humphreys, who uh, you know you haven't heard much about for the last few weeks, but the, the scuttlebutt there was he was going to not only commit to Kentucky, but reclassify from 2016 to, to 2015 and join UK. A lot of people have been asking me when you're going to hear about that, when should there be news on, on the Isaac Humphreys front. Uh, UK starts school in a week. And either he'll be there for classes and he'll be enrolled or he won't be. So all that should happen in the next week. And everything I'm hearing is that he still is expected to join UK this year, reclassify. So if you want to count Isaac Humphreys as a UK commitment right now, which he hasn't publicly said that, UK could have three 2016 commits on board right now with two of them likely to join for 2015-2016. Uh, Killa Jones will not reclassify. He will be on UK's campus this time next year. But as for as for now, he still has another high school season to go. So, uh, he, again, he's a four-star, and he's a guy. He's moved up. He used to be number 77th in the class, now at 51. And, and the next updates will have him somewhere in the 20s, mid to lower 20s. Uh, so he's a guy that has has not quite reached his potential, probably won't reach his potential for a few years as a basketball player, and that's just the kind of guy John Calipari is going to want. Uh, he's versatile. He can. He's a stretch four that can score pretty much anywhere from inside the perimeter. I'm sure he will eventually add a three-point shot to his arsenal. Uh, that might not be till his freshman or sophomore season, and I, I do think he will be a guy that will be at Kentucky for a few years. I don't think he will necessarily be a one-and-done. Time will tell on that front, uh, but a, a talented player nonetheless. And uh, defensively, he's not, he's not known for his defense. He's known for his offense, uh, but he likely, this is me just spitballing, probably has a 7'2", seven, 7'3", seven, wingspan. Uh, he can block shots. He obviously needs to add some muscle. He's 6'10", 210 pounds. So he needs to he needs to get add some good weight, but he's only 17 years old, so that, that will likely come. Gets a little bit bigger. He'll be able to defend the low post better. 
and, and I think it's a great addition to the class for, for John Calipari. He's not going to scare away any other front court players. If Kentucky can land Harry Giles, they're going to land him. Sasha Killa Jones isn't going to be the guy that's going to scare Harry Giles away. Seems Duke leads for Giles, but time will tell there. Uh, so the 2016 class off to a great start. UK is going to get the guards in 2016. They've got a plethora of options, a lot of five stars, a lot of really good players. The guards will come. The front court and the wings are a little bit thinner, and to to get a versatile player like Killa Jones on board this early, uh, we can't state enough how big that is for UK. Uh, Trevor, to a to a minor extent, <laughs> he kind of reminds me of a more talented harder working race balding well first of all you don't know that race balding is not hard working uh, from what you what we've seen just on, on the Puerto Rico trip we can assume he is hard working and you, uh, will be not, a stud you, I mean why can't, why can't I assume that well because Rick Tito's already told us he's got the most potential of he's any, any, any player he's seen in 15 years work? does that mean he's hard working I'd hope so that doesn't mean that doesn't mean hard working at all saying somebody has the best potential and comparing that to being the hardest working is like comparing best poten- potential to the best student. I mean, it, there's no comparison there. But I mean, we don't know how. How do you know he's not a good hard, not a hard worker? You have we've seen because only because I watched him in Trinity. high school play several times. Watched him in AAU play several times. He bounced around AAU teams. He didn't want to play against the best competition in AAU. Uh, I've watched him just walk up and down the floor, so I, I've I've got reason to believe that Ray Spalding isn't that hard of a worker based on what I've seen from his high school career. Now, can he change that? Yes, but based on what I've seen, uh, he's a bit lazy. And and I, I can't deny nor confirm that uh, allegations because I've seen less of him than you have. So I'll have to step aside and save this argument for a future de- uh, later date, and where we, I can maybe argue it differently or agree with you. But back to uh, Mr. Killa Jones, who, by the way, could become a rapper and not have to change his name. Uh, is I did notice he was the he is falling under that uh, Anthony Davis, honest my mood uh, stereo of uh, being six feet tall and then growing to six foot ten in in a mere blink of an eye. It seems like, and I do agree with what you said about him scaring people away because he's not in that. While he's not, I'm not. I'm, this isn't him, me saying he's a bad recruit. But the fact he's not in that top 20, top 10, maybe not yet. Of course, he could move up. I mean, we're talking a whole year now. We know how things can change in a year. Or it was Anthony Davis a year from when he became number one recruit coming into college before he became the number one recruit. So, I mean, the fact he is in that lower half of the 100, i.e. in the 50s and above, depending on who you ask, that's not going to scare – That that's – it's a win-win for Kentucky in this case because you're like you can get a guy that could be maybe – a potential of a Willie Colley Stein like player with his length and athletic ability and not have the the top notch recruiting name that would make a top ten recruit go, I don't want to go maybe go there because I might not play because of that kid. He looks they looking to see a number probably and say, oh, I see that kid's in the sixties. I'm not worried about him. He'd be my backup. And I think his trajectory as a player will be similar to Willie Colley Stein's to the point where he'll come in his freshman year and he can do some good things. And, and Willie Cauley-Stein was on a really bad team, and then when Nerland's Noel went down, he was basically the only player on that on that front court for the most part. Uh, so life was tough on Willie Cauley-Stein as a freshman. But I, I think his Sasha Killis-Jones, his progression as a player will be like Willie Cauley-Stein. 
And, and also, he'll be similar to Willie Cauley-Stein in the sense that I think he's really going to enjoy the college experience. I don't think he's going to be in any rush to get to the NBA just to start making money and live an NBA lifestyle. I think he's he's, he's going to enjoy being in school and, and being on campus and being the big guy on campus and receiving attention anywhere he goes. So I think he'll stick around for that. I'm not going to compare those two as players because they're different when Willie Cauley-Stein came in. He was a great defensive player and way behind offensively. Killa Jones is a good offensive player, an okay defensive player, not behind in any means in in either category. So Uh, he's bizarro Anthony Davis is what you're kind of saying. How so? You said Anthony Davis was a a, a decent offensive player and an exceptional defensive player right off the bat. He is a good offensive player and a decent defensive player. Yeah. I, I guess in that sense, uh, I wouldn't compare him to even, you know, offensively, he's probably not better than Anthony Davis was heading into Anthony Davis, just a freak. So it's kind of tough to put him and anybody in the same sentence. But uh, yeah, and that's he's he's coming in offensively ahead of where he is defensively. And he's coming in where he can make a difference offensively from day one. Uh, defensively, I'm not, not saying he's bad because I think he'll get a lot better. Uh, but that will be a point of emphasis with John Calipari. Without a doubt. Let me ask you this. In the Raymond Spalding comparison that I'd made earlier, <laughs> yeah. Raymond Spalding, I, I think he's much I, I think he's better offensively right now than his defense. Um, but his defense he's got the body they've got similar body types. They've got a and Spalding can be taught defense by a very good defensive coach in Rick Patino. Let me ask you this. Currently, right now, uh again, it depends on which site you're going to. We're gonna I'm gonna round up the the average, let's say, if Killa, Killa Jones is 56 right now in the top 100, this time or the, the week before he goes, the last rankings, where do you expect him to be ranked at? And what is the the, seat, the high ceiling of his ranking probably coming into his freshman class, which will be still a year away or so? It depends how he plays in high school. You know, the final overall ranking for him won't come until April, but the next time that, that – rivals updates their rankings and we have him at 51 right now he'll be like i said top 20 mid 20s and i would a fringe five star if he's not a five star there'll only be maybe one or two players above him as four stars or he'll be the top rated four star or he'll be one of the last five stars to get ranked and that will be in the next rankings so depending on how he does in high school his senior year either he could jump up one or two spots become a five star or he'll already be a five-star and stay in that range or maybe shoot up even further to catches a lot of coaches' eyes when anybody becomes back on the market. And then he goes into these camps. He scored 27 points in one of the games in the NBA Top 100 camp. That's going against some of the best guys out there. Uh, college coaches notice, and then he continues to progress this summer, uh, plays on a lot of games on on ESPN and uh, in, in some of those Adidas Gauntlet games. He, had, he joined an Adidas AU team late, really impressed. So... Uh, he he's getting a lot better, and, and the player he is now is drastically improved from last year. And I think you can say the same this time next year. Uh, he's just a guy that you don't really know exactly how high his ceiling is. You just know he hasn't reached it quite yet. Well said. All right, I'm glad you agreed. Uh, so what this means? No, I didn't for the say rest- agreed. I just said well said. <laughs> I'm glad you agreed that it was well said. I thought it was well said as well. So what this means for the rest of the class here in this first segment before we 
we switch gears, and I, I'm still going to talk Jamal Murray later on in the show. Next segment, we're going to talk Louisville City FC, which I'm I'm excited about. I'm excited about everything we're talking about today. I'm pumped. Uh, what, where does where does UK go from here? It's like I said, it's important to get Killa Jones on board for Kentucky this early on. And I had been saying that I, I felt UK led for Killa Jones. I thought he'd be one of UK's first commitments. He seemed like he was about ready to pop. I didn't necessarily know yesterday that it was going to be this early. But I did think it was going to probably be in the next few weeks or maybe in the next month. Uh, and then, But he was ready to announce, and, and so he did it. Where UK goes from here, like I said, the front, the front court in this class is a little, little thin, so it's good to get him on board. Uh, there's, there's talks of maybe a 2017 guy reclassifying. That'd be big for Kentucky. You're likely going to has, have Isaac Humphreys come back for a sophomore year. You're likely going to have Ty Winyard come back for a sophomore year. Who knows if Marcus Lee will go pro? I would guess that he would. Uh, he potentially could not. You could have a senior Marcus Lee come back. I think if Kentucky can just add one more talented guy in, in 2016, I think their front court will be fine with the assumptions that Humphreys and Winyard will be back. And, and it could be uh, Ed Trace out of bio, nicknamed Bam Bam. I, I don't think he ends up in Kentucky, but that's a guy UK is looking at. Jared Allen from Texas is another guy. Marquise Bolden, another guy from Texas. Uh, Winyan Gabriel, uh, he's more of a three in my opinion, and Duke probably leads for him. And then Harry Giles is the big name that that UK fans want again. Duke probably leads for him. But if you can get one of those guys, and you're fine on the front court heading into next season. Also, there's a chance of graduate transfers. Uh, we it seems Kentucky goes through that the majority of their years. So all those things we'll we'll, we'll keep an eye on. But now Kentucky can focus on building a very strong class in the fall, which doesn't happen a lot under John Calipari. Because there's a few guards, Trevor, that are likely going to commit in the fall signing period. So Kentucky could theoretically have three or four commitments heading into Christmas break, just knowing that maybe they get one or two more guys in the spring, and John Calipari can put all his focus into those guys, unlike last year where uh, – he, he had a few commitments in the fall, but there was still just a plethora of guys that he needed to get in the spring while still trying to build relationships with the following year's class. Uh, it, it just makes it a lot easier to have a few guys on board. With, with the with the amount of time still before Mr. Uh, Killer Jones hits the hits Lexington and the fact he has already once decommitted, is there any percentage chance that he could change his mind between now and, and signing of a letter of intent? Uh, no. I mean, it... I would he will sign in a few months. I guess there's always a chance that he could uh, decommit, but I know his family's on board with this decision. It's Kentucky. What, you know what? <laughs> what what could he do better for himself now? Oh yeah, of course, no one could ever decommit from Kentucky. <laughs> well, it has it happened under John Calipari. No, but that's not the point. <laughs> so I'm saying that there's a chance it could, but what what could pop up where it'd be a better situation? Uh don't know someone with a higher paycheck man trevor sometimes i just wish i had a mute button for you man uh that's why you need to come in studio though you could throw something at me I, i'm I, giving I, you I incentive just... to come to see me each day you, you could throw things <sighs> at me you could you could do like the last scene in uh in super troopers where the the, the kids playing the the duck roll you can throw something at me during the breaks <laughs> as long as you don't throw a fire extinguisher i'm good Man, Damn always always a chance uh, anybody could decommit. I, I would say it's less than 2% that he has a change of heart in a few months. 
Um, and I think he's happy to be on board. I mean, and, I'm just and, saying the situation being what if you all end up bringing in Giles and two other big men that you feel like maybe are better than him, then that, I mean, that would lead to a situation where he would want to decommit. Granted, that wouldn't, wouldn't affect Kentucky at that point since they're already bringing in someone to replace him, but still. It is a if situation. That, if that were to happen, which it's incredibly unlikely that that would happen, okay. where UK gets two or three more big guys to commit in the <laughs> fall before he signed, which again just seems incredibly unlikely, uh, then he would have to decide, okay, maybe the playing time I originally thought isn't going to be there. Uh, maybe the, the playing time that I thought would originally be there won't be there, and maybe I need to reconsider things. But... Again, I don't think this is somebody that thinks he's coming in and being a one-and-done. This is somebody that I think knows is just now scratching the surface, is a few years away from being the best player that he can be. His AAU coach told me uh, he doesn't want to go to the NBA till he's ready to go in the NBA and, and make a difference and play from day one. You know who else said that? Willie Cauley-Stein, and he stuck around for three years. So I don't think this is a guy that's going to crave playing time right away. Obviously, any kid wants playing time. But I think he'd be okay just being on a loaded team and maybe riding the bench. So I'm not even sure in that made-up dream scenario that's not going to happen, Trevor, that would that would have him have a change of heart. I think he's probably on board regardless. Uh, you know what else they said never happened? The Titanic wouldn't sink. Against your best wishes. Uh, I mean, you just always wish negatively. Captain Arctic's on the phone. Uh, happy to have you call in, Captain Arctic, here on the uh, on the Oxmore Chrysler Dodge Jam Dodge Jeep and Ram Buzz line, it's a mouthful. I had to pull it up to make sure I was saying it correctly. Um, but what's what's on your mind? He, he wants to know if Scala BCA's uh, eligibility is in question. <laughs> no, no, that's uh, that's celebrity hotline to you guys, right? <laughs> so uh, in the car, in the car driving right now. It's a cool one oh one oh five out here in the Valley of the Sun, and um, yeah, TJ had a quick. Quick question for you. So, back in the day, uh, in the early, well, actually mid to late '80s, North Carolina was getting everybody. And back then, they would, if they find a guy that was like a three star, he would instantly be close to a five star. And I, I kind of see that happen a little bit with with Cal and, and some of the recruits, like you know Marcus Lee, for example. Was he really a five star? And then you got Killa uh, Jones, that's probably going to get escalated to that that rating as well. Just just wanted to get your take. Do you think the fact that when some somebody commits to Kentucky, they automatically get elevated? Thanks for the call, Scott. I appreciate it. I'll answer it. Uh, the Yes and no. I think when somebody commits to Kentucky, the initial reaction is, whoa, this kid's good. We need to, we need to bump him up. But since Calipari's been at Kentucky, that hasn't always necessarily been the case. You look at a guy like Devin Booker, who was a five-star at one point when he committed to Kentucky, ended up in the final rankings being a four-star. You had Tyler Uless, who was a four-star. He was way back. He did end up being a five-star, and and that's there's something to help your argument, although I think Tyler Uless was probably deserving of being a five-star with how he played. And uh, Then you had a guy like Charles Matthews, who was a five-star, commits to Kentucky, He's ranked 15 in the class. He drops all the way back into in the 60s, and he has to climb his way up to his final rankings, still as a four-star, and I think somewhere in the in the 50s. So Marcus Lee was a five-star when he committed to UK, uh, so his, his ranking didn't change based on his commitment to UK. Uh, so I, ultimately, I, I do think when somebody commits to Kentucky, it makes 
the public say, whoa, this kid's probably better than his ranking indicates, but it doesn't automatically make the guys who make their rankings, in Rivals' case, uh, national recruiting analyst Eric Bossy, doesn't automatically influence him to move them up. And, and back in the 80s, like you had mentioned, or... Uh, late 80s, early 90s. Late 80s, early 90s. They're guys who were make, making rankings, and I'm sure there weren't nearly as many recruiting services, maybe just one or maybe just papers or whoever was putting together the McDonald's All-American It was game. basically, I think it was is it Bob Gibson, is that his name? Whoever it was, uh, they didn't get to see these guys all that much. There was no AAU. He couldn't go to one event and see all these guys play against each other. He'd have to travel throughout the high school year, check out their teams, and it was a lot harder, so he would probably make an emphasis to go check out the UNC commits, the Duke commits, the Kentucky commits, because he knew those guys were high-level players. And then once he saw them play, they probably played well because, again, they're playing against their high school competition, which generally wasn't very good, and it make them look better and they'd get better rankings. Now you see these guys a lot more, so if somebody commits to Kentucky, well, they better prove that they're a Kentucky commitment just because people initially are going to like what they see. It's not going to last for a long time if they don't play well consecutively and that's exactly what happened to Charles Matthews and, and even Devin Booker to a certain extent although he didn't even play that bad uh, it was just a pretty talented class so uh, yes and no but ultimately I think it doesn't really change their I, I think I agree with you with, with the modern technology I mean you gotta look at the times yes I mean in 1980 late mid 80s you had mostly what maybe probably less than a handful of national recruiters and then mostly everyone else went about by the probably the local chatter of where that player played but in today's, would that probably be safe to say maybe that happens in football more than any other sport, though, now, where a kid might be a three-star and Alabama takes him and he goes to be a four-star more in football than it would in basketball because there's so much more mystery involved in recruiting in terms of scaling the star level in football than there's basketball? Yeah, there's, there's – the funny thing about football is it, you, never, you never notice when your guy gets a bump in the rankings. You only notice when he gets moved back. So if a guy commits to Kentucky and then he drops down from a four-star to a three-star, Kentucky fans go crazy and say it's only because he was committed to Kentucky and if he had committed somewhere else, uh, he, he would have gotten a better bump. In football, you don't get to see the guys as much as basketball, and there are camps throughout the summer, and you get to talk to coaching staffs, and you get to see their high school games, and but you still don't get to see them as much in basketball. So sometimes there can be rankings that are wrong. Uh, you can just go off what their offer sheet looks like, which at times can be dangerous. Yeah. So I, I do think in football it happens more. But at, at Rivals, you know, and I'm obviously biased, They we have the Rivals five-star challenge where all the best guys in the class are invited. Uh, I, I really don't think they look at offer sheets – there are some other sites, you know. At one point, Matt Elam was a was one of the top five players in the country. I, I think when he committed to Kentucky on that site that had him top five in the country, they dropped him a little bit. Uh, why? Who knows? Uh, rivals always had him around a three star, and, and UK fans got upset about that. But as you're seeing, he's kind of going through a three star progression. Played a little bit his freshman year, gonna have a bigger role this year, and probably really won't make a huge impact till next year. But uh, it it does happen a little bit more in football. I don't think it happens that much in basketball. Uh, we need to go to a commercial break because when we come back, we're going to have Amanda Duffy on, Louisville City FC general manager. Stick around here on 1450 The Sports Buzz. We'll be right back. 
The devil went down to Georgia. He was looking for a soul to steal. He was in a bind because he was way behind and he was willing to make a deal. When he came across this young man sewing on a fiddle and playing it hot, and the devil jumped up on a hickory stump and said, Boy, let me tell you what. Yeah, man, that song's about that, about, man. About aliens. Yeah, man, you didn't know that? This country is founded. It was founded by people who were into aliens, man. George Washington, man, he was in a cult. And the cult was into aliens, man. You didn't know that? No. Oh, man, they were way into that type of stuff, man. Now, back to the Sports Talker with T.J. Walker. Presented by Allen Electric. Look in my eyes, what do you see? We're back Sports Buzz. The Sports Talker is brought to you by Allen Electric, Kentuckyana's first and only electrician dedicated to residential repairs. Give them a call, 636-HELP, for any electrical service. Allen Electric will never leave you in the dark. And without wasting any time, let's bring in the general manager of Louisville City FC, Amanda Duffy. Amanda, how's it going? Very good. Thanks for having me on the show today. I'm glad you could join us. It's uh, the, the next seven days next six days, rather, for Louisville City FC, pretty significant. Uh, you've got a, you've got two home matches in that span, and then now news broke of this very mysterious meeting with the Louisville mayor on Monday for, for some stadium talks. Out of those three things, Amanda, what are you most excited about, or is it a three-way tie? Well, I look at it, actually. The next two weeks are really important for us. We, we have our last three regular season home games uh, this Saturday, the following Saturday, and uh, then the Wednesday after that on September 2nd uh, before hopefully we, we have a, at least one playoff home game if all things go as, as planned as we and the team uh, see and hope for it to go. And then, of course, Orlando City, the first uh, Major League Soccer team to play here in Louisville. It's a big – it's going to be a big event. It's great for uh, the community. It's great for us as an organization to um, come out there, host, host a Major League Soccer team inside that stadium that's over the course of this first season, that it's it's really an excellent environment. It's a it's a very intimate environment, and our fans are really enjoying that experience, that fan experience inside the stadium. So, to be able to to bring in a, the highest level in the United States, bring them into Louisville in that stadium, and and host them is is uh it's it's a great opportunity for us, and great opportunity for the community to show what type of support um, it can bring out for for Major League Soccer game and you know the, the the meeting with the mayor it's just, it's going to be important for us to as we've uh, there were a lot of unknowns coming into this inaugural season a lot of questions and um i think we've we've checked the boxes where we need to check them to show that this city is is uh is going to support this organization and you know what are the next steps we need to take to um, put ourselves in position to um, be better established in usl as we as we operate there and best position us to make any moves to major league soccer down the road and i don't know if a 10 or 15 minute interview amanda will be enough time to kind of touch on all these things because we talk about all three of those things and the and just the overall season and possible playoffs and we could spend a lot of time on all those uh, we'll have to pick and choose what we talk about today but with that game against orlando city bringing in an mls team what mm-hmm. from a louisville city side of things what would a big crowd mean to the to the club to to have maybe the biggest crowd that Louisville City has ever had for that one match when ML, it, and it's easily probably the biggest match even though it's technically a friendly it's probably the biggest match mm-hmm. in Louisville City uh, football club history 
what would that mean just for the for the progression of this club? Well, I think when you look at some of the benchmarks we were looking at and what the attendance numbers were going to be, what we uh, when when the ownership were even in the initial discussions of bringing the team here and what what stadium we'd be playing out of, as they looked through a few different options and you know kind of talked a little bit long term, but but not too long term. Um, that we're hitting those benchmarks, 3,500, 4,500 average attendance. We're well above that, so we're really good about that. And, you know, I think we're hitting that number, but we're also just seeing the general word of mouth, of the awareness of the team, of the brand, um, is, is really stretching to areas that I think in, as a first-year organization, we it's exceeding our expectations on that front, and it's something we're really proud of. And and uh, just gives us a really good foundation to build off of in years <clears throat> two and three, excuse me. Um, so when you talk about bringing a major league soccer team in here, it's um, it's just a it, it's going to be another good benchmark for us. Okay, we have our regular season league games. We know we're you know what to expect now um, from our attendance numbers. But when you bring in a different type of organization, how does that impact? Um, our ability to, to reach new fans and, and get them into the stadium, attract them in the stadium. And we're doing it at a time also. We recognize school, um, kids are back in school now, so schedules are a little bit different. Soccer practices are going on. There's quite a few local schools that originally had some their own um, high school soccer games scheduled. So how, uh, how are we able to, or what is the impact or meaning of this game um, due to the, the local community and you know, their desire to really come out and be a part of it. And we know if we hit, um, if we get up, you know, to where we're our highest attendance to date, um, you know, for us, we'd like to certainly be over 10,000. And if we can get past that, um, it's, it's going to be a benchmark moment for us that um, we think is going to be telling for us as an organization to our owners of, okay, this support is real. We battled some of the challenges of, of school and, and soccer practice and all those things being in season. Um, and we, we're still uh, setting some records with our attendance and, and who's coming out. So um, it, it's certainly exciting. It, it's a great opportunity for us, and we're really good about uh, what's going to come next Tuesday. And, and you mentioned that it, there's been obstacles throughout the entire season. I know uh, having to schedule also with the Louisville Bats has not always been favorable for you guys. You have had to go up against some Churchill Downs night racing, which is never easy. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there's been some rain games, which – Never, you can't control the rain, but that's not good news either. Uh, your first mm-hmm. game was on the day that UK was playing in the Elite Eight. So there's been, and it was a cold day too, un- unseasonally cold for mm-hmm. March. So there's been some other obstacles that you all have been able to overcome and still second best attendance in the USL. It, it has been, and, and it's, it's been a learning experience more than anything of you know, what kind of numbers are we seeing a week out before games? What kind of numbers are we seeing 24 hours out before games? And then of course, that walk up and you know how dependent is that is that number um, based on the weather? And we were um, pretty unfortunate with the weather forecast uh, early on in the season. But at the when it when it came game time, um, we we had some of the best weather um, through those times of the year. So uh, it, it's been interesting to watch that, and we actually kind of lucked out with uh, with our schedule as far as you know going into and we submit you know our date and what we're looking for to the league office before the schedule is created um it because the bats are there and because we have very little flexibility um we we managed to get 
lock in some dates that were very favorable for us for the for the entirety of the schedule. You know, Tuesday night, that's not, that certainly wouldn't be one we asked for, but it ended up being a night that we, we did quite well on attendance and weather was in our favor that night and it was a good result for us too. And um, it, it was okay. So it, it's nice to actually have those experiences behind us um, Saturday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and know kind of what to expect during that, those particular times of year uh, from an attendance standpoint. Yeah, I think attendance will only grow heading into the next year and, and the more momentum this club gets, and, and it's off to a great start. And uh, with, with Orlando coming on Tuesday, uh, this was about a month and a half old, obviously, but it, it, it was big news when it happened. Orlando mm-hmm. and, and Louisville City had cut ties. So is this possibly the last chance to see an MLS team play Louisville City FC until either maybe in the U.S. Open Cup or until Louisville City moves up to the MLS, if that actually happens? No, this is something we're going to look on an annual basis to have, whether it's, it's an MLS team or an international team a little bit earlier in the season uh, when those teams are in their preseason period. Um, we're going to be looking at those opportunities and, and, and even in the preseason uh, uh, phase of our season as well. Um, just look at those windows and those opportunities and, and what's going to make the most sense once we actually have, you know, a 2016 schedule in hand, a 2017 schedule in hand, um, what what fits, what works. And, um, you know, if, we're, if, if Orlando is back here again next year or the year after, that's going to be um, great for, for our organization. And we still have a great working relationship with Orlando City and the, the affiliation um, proper as everyone knew it and, and we talked about a year ago. Um, still exists through the end of this season, and, and we'll continue to have a cooperation agreement between the two organizations. So um, as they bring in, uh, right now it's their intention to add their own USLT in 2016, which is it's great for them, it's great for the league to be able to add an, a team that's gonna, that we know is going to um, compete at, at a very high level. Um, they were known as the standard bearer of USL for, the, for all the years that they were a part of USL prior to moving to Major League Soccer. So um, a great organization with great reputation for, for winning and, and their history has proven that. Um, and, you know, we have great personal and working relationships with a number of the people at the Orlando City uh, front office and their management and ownership. And even most recently, um, the former USL president, Tim Holt, is now uh, vice president of development with Orlando City. So um, another good relationship that, that we have and connection that we have between the two organizations. And that's good to hear. And we're talking with Amanda Duffy, the general manager of Louisville City FC, a team that has really grown in its first season uh, as a football club. And everybody's talking about that matchup with Orlando on Tuesday. And it is good to hear that there could be some other MLS teams coming sometime down the road. Uh, but there is a big match on Saturday, and that's a match that will count towards the standings against the mm-hmm. third-place team, Charleston Battery. If Louisville City is able to get three points there, that will give them a nine-point cushion. First two seeds in the East get a bye. All, all these things mm-hmm. are things that you already know. Uh, how big is Saturday's match? And also, I think you kind of touched on this, but if Louisville City could secure a first or second and a home game, and I guess if they finish third, they'd also get a home game, will that home game mm-hmm. be able to take place at Louisville Slugger Field because we knew that the the U.S. Open Cup had to get moved on the road. Yeah, that was unfortunate. It would have been nice to have a, a meaningful game against an MLS team here in Louisville earlier in the season. But 
um, as it was. It didn't work out. But this Saturday is is uh, is is just critical to for us in this time period of the season. You know, three regular season home games left. This one being the first of of the final three, and then of course um, three on the road, which. Uh, you know, early on in the season, we didn't have as much success on the road. We we kind of hit a stride uh, more recently with our road games and results. Um, but it's just it's always going to be a little bit tougher when when you travel. And with the last three games on the road, uh, the very last one being at St. Louis, and they may not they may be a little bit lower in the standings right now. But it's going to be a competitive match. It's just one of those that because of that that geographic rivalry is is always going to be competitive and our fourth time playing them this season. So. Um, the home games are, are especially important to get those points, get three points out of all three of them. And with Charleston sort of on our heels right now, it's just going to um, to be able to create a gap uh, in those points and um, give us a little more uh, comfort in in uh, those last five games after this Saturday. Um, it's going to be important for the for the extra home game. It's uh, yes, we'll be able to host them at Slugger Field, but to be able to get a bye that first weekend, which would be the weekend of September 26, uh, 26th, um, will be great. Uh, be good for the team just to kind of have um, get some a, a little extra rest and, and prepare for uh, the second round of the playoffs. And um, and we think it's going to be you know Orlando. Our expectation is Orlando is going to be the the highest attendance to date um, up up until that Tuesday. But we think the playoffs certainly have the potential to be um, some some spectacular events and occasions for uh, for this organization, even with um, college athletics back in and, and other things going on, we still feel like um, the support is, is strong enough that we're going to um, be able to really uh, do something special on this playoff night. So, you know, with the idea that, that we could host one or as many as uh, three or four home playoff games, including a championship, is is uh, exciting for us. I know it's it's certainly a motivator um, to try and you know we 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 do feel like it's Rochester's to lose right now right now that number one seed, but um, that's not going to um, take our foot off the gas pedal with what we want to um, do ourselves in our first season. So um, it's definitely very exciting. It, it's you said it. It is very exciting as the season. Uh, just has a few more matches left in it, but Louisville City, despite it being their first year, competing with the best of them. Amanda Duffy, I know you're busy. You guys are wheeling and de- dealing and making things happen. I appreciate you coming on the show. Thanks for having me. It's been good. Amanda Duffy, uh, Louisville City is making some moves, and uh, again, I do appreciate her hopping on. Uh, you got if you haven't been to a game yet, you should get out there because it is fun. It's something different that a lot of people haven't been a part of growing up here in Kentucky and growing up here in Louisville, where you're kind of born into a basketball culture and obviously football Saturdays. Uh, but these soccer matches have an atmosphere that's different than those, but also similar in passion because it's a different game, obviously. But uh, just how rowdy the crowd is for a team that's only been around for a year i swear if you go matches i really do think you you will enjoy yourselves and it is exciting to know that louisville city would be able to host some playoff games because they are going to get to host some you know i know uh, amanda wasn't going to come on here and say yeah we we're going to close out the season strong and guarantee we're going to host some but they're they're going to if they beat charleston they're going to have a nine point game lead on on a on a on a buy in the first round and once you once you're in the playoffs and you only have to win two games, then you could be in the championship theoretically. So 
they're going to host some playoff games, and it, it needs to, it's important that those those games get good crowds and a good atmosphere because uh, just like in any sport, a home court, home field advantage goes a, a really long way. So I appreciate her hopping on and, and talking about it. And it, it, for it being the first year and being this competitive, I, I think that's kind of strange. You, you don't see that in a lot of sports, uh, especially in a, a, a league where there's so many established teams uh, to just create one. You know, St. Louis is in their first year, and I liked how – Louisville and obviously St. Louis are rivals. Uh, I liked how she took a minor shot talking about the the, se- the regular season finale at St. Louis. She's mentioned that they would be lower, well, lower in the standings. It was a, a subtle shot, but I'm going to take that as a shot nonetheless. Well, you know what? Little, but, you know, our Louisville FCs do not like St. Louis. We'll take it every opportunity to take a shot at them. And but I, I but they're a brand new team too, and they're. They're just a few points away from being last place in in the conference. So then you got Louisville City, who's also brand new, and they're just a few points away from being the best team in the entire USL. I mean, they're second best right now. So uh, it's a special team. If you haven't been out to Louisville Slugger Field for one of their matches, do it. People tailgate just like it's a football game. Uh, It's another reason to go drink beer and watch sports if that's you know, if, if that, that should be reason enough. Uh, but I do appreciate her coming on. We're going to head to a commercial break. We'll come back, and we're, we've got plenty to talk about. Going to talk about Jamal Murray, uh, some breaking news about Bud Dupree. So we'll talk all those things. We'll be right back. I was taking a trip out to L.A., tooling along in my Chevrolet, talking on the number and digging on the radio. Just as I crossed the Mississippi line, I heard that highway start to whine, and I knew that left rear tire was about to go. Well, the spare was flat, and I got up tight, cause there wasn't a filling station in sight, so I just limped on down the shoulder on the rim. I went as far as I could, and when I stopped the car, it was right in front of this little bar, kind of a redneck-looking joint called the Dewdrop Inn. You're listening to the Sports Talker with T.J. Walker. You mean not good like one out of a hundred? I'd say more like one out of a million. So you're telling me there's a chance. Presented by Allen Electric. Yeah! I read you. Top of the hour. Also forgot to mention when we had Amanda Duffy on, you can watch Orlando City practice on Monday, and that'll be free. They're going to have a training session. You can go check it out. You can see Kaka, who was, I think, voted player, best player in the world, FIFA Player of the Year in 2007-2008. Uh, so you can check that out if you want to as Louisville gets ready for easily the biggest home game they've had. 
next Tuesday, but they're also at home on Saturday. That'll be a fun one, too. Uh, switching gears, Trevor, found out over the break that Bud Dupree, former UK great, got into a little scuffle at practice. I don't think I'd want to mess around with Bud Dupree. Uh, I would agree with you. But uh, apparently James Harrison was involved as well. And there's someone else I don't really want to get into any kind of argument with that would involve fisticuffs or probably James Harrison, more than likely a weapon in some way. Yeah, that man, I mean, those are two guys that I would probably pay good money to avoid fighting. So you watched so you didn't watch Hard Knocks last night. No, no. I wonder if I wonder if Harris I wonder if Harrison tried to take away Bud Dupree's kids uh participation trophies. He got ticked <laughs> off. He was like, "Get my kids back his his fifth place I showed up trophy." No, if, if I I don't think Harrison would want that. So Bud Dupree must have been trying to give it back to him. Yeah, yeah, Harrison took it away and Dupree was like, "Give it to him. That kid deserved yeah. it. He showed up." Yeah. He probably <laughs> snuck it back and then he found out, but uh but yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't want to mess with that. Hard knocks. Uh, I mean, J.J. Watt is another guy who you wouldn't want to mess with. And then Brian Cushing, who is a big guy, no doubt. Uh, but watching him last night at Hard Knocks, that's why you need to watch the show, Trevor, so we can talk about it. He came <laughs> off as the biggest tool I've ever seen. Brian Cushing, the one that's been busted for uh, steroids uh, numerous times, I believe. Uh, has he? I think. Didn't he get suspended last year for... Uh... For uh, performance-enhancing uh, no-nos? Uh, maybe. I don't know. I don't remember. Linebacker out of USC, correct? Uh, yes. I believe he did. I'll, I'll double-check that, but I'm pretty sure he did get in trouble last year. Huh. Well, he's he's 28, but, man, he was uh, – he came off as a, a big loser, um, in in my opinion, a huge meathead, kind of those guys in high school that thought they were really cool, but really just were kind of uh, people were actually laughing at them. The kind, of what, the kind of dude, if you come cheat with your girl, you go, sorry, bro. Obviously, I'd never say that to Brian Cushing's face as he could break me in half, but uh, yeah, didn't didn't come off as too cool of a guy. And and Trevor, you know something else that's been popular on CapsIllustrated.com? And yes, he was suspended four games, by the way, for testing positive for uh, HCG. A hormone. Oh. Okay, interesting. Maybe but that's you know why else, he's all angry. <laughs> you know what else has been popular on our website? What's that? So this thread was made a few weeks ago, and the thread was called just the back of the scoreboards at Commonwealth, or something along those lines. The back of the scoreboards? Yes. It, it, they just in the thread was when they're renovating Commonwealth Stadium, what are they going to put on the back of the scoreboards of the video boards? Are they going to put? Uh, are they going to put a UK logo? That's what it used to be. Are they going to paint it? What are you know? What are they going going to do? Put inspirational messages on there each and every game. Uh, and you Louisville's the back of their big scoreboard has advertising on it, and I think maybe a little a ribbon wall that just has more advertising on it. Maybe even a scoreboard. I don't know. Uh, it looks over the parking lot. Kentucky's used to be a logo. Most schools put logos on it. For some reason, UK fans, or uh, some of them, were very interested what they were going to put on the back of this scoreboard. I'm intrigued. So anyways, whoever made this thread, they were updating it, saying, hey, they're doing this with it. They're doing this with it. 
and and eventually they got to painting it blue. And then the other day they painted on it till the battle is won. Seen that picture, which is part of UK's fight song. And people have talked about whether it's grammatically correct to have apostrophe T-I-L. Yeah, I thought it there is. was two L's. I wasn't sure, but I didn't know. No, I'm... it's not It's not correct to do two L's. Uh, two L's with an apostrophe. It's they. I think what they want you to do is just do until. That's what, and, I was, that's what, that's and, what the proper and, word yeah. was, yeah. I think they just want you to do until and ignore it altogether. Uh, but Kentucky did till the battles won. Some people got upset over that. And then some people just got upset that it didn't look good. But the majority of people got upset because they just didn't like the way it looked. Or, or they thought it was corny to put the till the battle is won. A lot of people didn't even know it was part of UK's fight song. So you've got this whole mess of people that don't like it for a variety of reasons. I might be in the more, minority that think it's kind of cool or it's something different. I don't know if it's cool. I, what, whatever they did, I wanted them to... They really needed to put an emphasis on lighting up Commonwealth Stadium better. That's one thing I like about Louisville and Papa John's Cardinal Stadium. It's always so well lit from the outside. It makes it look really nice during night games. UK needs to do that, and they need to have the back of the video boards. I thought just a cool LED UK or Kentucky on the back would look really nice. But just whatever you do, make it well lit. I don't really care what you put on it. Put a picture of Mark Stoops, a painted portrait of Mark Stoops. Maybe like a, a nineteen or seventeen hundred style portrait where he's got wearing. I don't care. Whatever you want to do. Or he's wearing like a toga and he looks like Caesar uh, hailing over the Roman Empire. Whatever, whatever he wants, whatever they wanted to do, I, I couldn't really care as long as it's well lit. If you want to put part of UK's fight song, I think the battle is won is pretty, pretty cool. I think they should put the picture of Patrick Tolles in uh, Harry Potter gear on there. Do that too. Make make it well lit. Whatever you want to do, I don't care. Uh, put advertising, but make it well lit. Obviously, that's what I care about. It's just the outside of the entire Commonwealth Stadium looking good after night games when you walk up, before night games when you're walking in. I, I think that goes a long way. Until the battle is won is kind of a football. You know, it's 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 manly, it's masculine, it's exciting. Till the battle is won, woo. Well, uh, for I'm whatever bummed. reason, a ton of UK fans didn't like it. Uh, some because they thought it was grammatically incorrect. Some thought it was corny. Some didn't realize it was a fight song. Some thought it just the the font on it looked bad. In, in their defense, least, by the way, no one really knows the lyrics of their fight song except for Notre Dame, I think, in Michigan. I think those are the only two schools that really know the, all the words their fight song. We had to learn the fight song my freshman year. Uh, I know the I know it's a dun 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 dun. No, that's Notre Dame. Uh, I could yeah. yeah I said even can't remember Kentucky's now. I used to hear it so much going to UK games. Well, as a I kid, could, but I could sing you the UK's fight song right now on the air. Sing it. I want to hear it. I'm not going to sing it. I'll sing it. Yeah, yeah. On, sing. on UK, we're right for the fight today. Hold the ball, hit that line. Every Wildcat star will shine. We'll fight, fight for the blue and white till, till we roll to that goal, varsity. We'll kick, pass, and run till the battle is won and we bring home the victory. Did you look that up or did you, did you did just do that off the top of your head? I, I did it off the top of my head. That's crazy. I don't hear you typing, so I can, and you're a very loud typer, so I have to believe you. I also know St. X's fight song. Sing it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know. I don't even know Wagner has a fight song. I'm sure they do, but I don't know it. <laughs> St. X's, we also had to learn that freshman year. Oh, man, I'm so glad I didn't go to either one of those schools now. St. X one, we were, we were huge dorks, uh, and we would were? sing that. 
Uh, yeah, well, we'd <laughs> sing that at some fraternity. We'd sing our fight song at some frater- at fraternity parties. Wow. wow yeah. <laughs> yeah, and everybody would make fun of us, and we just, you know, we didn't really care. But now looking back, uh, I'm I'm pretty embarrassed. <laughs> yeah, you just did it on the air, too, on top of it, so... Well, that. You, I did, that, that was UK's fight song. Oh, okay. You, you're not going to sing at St. X's. Actually, I don't even want to hear St. X's. Let's move on to Kentucky sport. St. X's, St. X's, we're the best of schools around, and we're proud of the green and the gold. Green and gold. I'll leave it at that, but it goes on much longer. Uh, you put more emphasis into that one. I'm, I think Kentucky should be offended. Kentucky, when you almost sang it like you were like you were William Shatner doing Rocket Man on a stage with a cigarette in your hand. Like the, the, the St. X one you did was almost like you were had a little rhythm going on. I'm, I'm proud of, of St. X's fight song. I'm, I can tell. St. X, St. X. All right, we'll, we'll move on from the uh, karaoke segment of the show. But anyway, so since it got a negative reaction, UK is saying, hey, we'll repaint them. Why don't you guys vote for what you want? Yeah. So now they. Yeah, so now up, you can't bitch about it, basically. Yeah. And that, so now they've put up four options. And God, I mean, it's all I, I wish one of the options was just, hey, who cares? Make sure it's well lit. That's the one I would vote for. So now they've got option one. Option one. Which, I, by is, the way, I'm looking at these so you can describe them as I'm looking at them with you. They've got just the UK logo with former players in the background. It looks like it's Tim Couch, uh, maybe Larry Warford, uh, Bud Dupree, Randall Cobb. I can't tell. Maybe Stevie John. I can't tell who all the guys are. Are you looking? Are you talking about the one that has the UK logo in the middle with the players in the background? That it, just what I exact. Yes, okay. exactly what I said, Trevor. UK logo, players in the background. Okay. Option two, just the UK logo. I think that looks kind of boring. That's what it was. It looks boring, Agreed. and it's got the new UK logo, which looks stupid. Option three, till the battle is won. That's what that's what they have currently, and uh, but supposedly people don't don't like it. It it looks a little boring. Option four is the state of Kentucky with the players in the background. So an outline of the state with the players in the background. I that would probably be my option. I think that's what I that's I think that's what I'm gonna vote for. Nah, I'm going either till the battle's won because I don't think that's that bad. But if that's not going to get it, I'm going with the uh, option one. The players in the background, which I do like that, but I like the UK logo opposed to the state of Kentucky. Yeah, it, option one, two, or four found me. Just or no, option one, three, or four. The plain UK logo is just kind of boring to me. Uh, yeah, again, I agree. but you know, if they want to do that and put LED lights behind it, then I'm fine with it. But if I was to pick out of those three, uh, all one, one, three, or four look great. You can't go wrong with any either of them. I think UK's main focus, Trevor, should be, hey, why don't you just get the the stadium ready? Why don't you just make sure <laughs> it's finished? Who who cares what you put back there? Well, you can worry about that later. Why don't you make sure the inside of the stadium looks good? And I agree with with what you said. Like what Louisville does, put some advertising on there because advertising leads to dollars, and dollars leads to more renovations, and that's what you really want. So I'd say screw the logo, screw the theme of uh, the fight song, and. And the players' pictures. Put some, put some advertising. Sell, sell, sell. Be like the outfield in Major League. Just sell everything, and then bring in the money, and then you can re, you can add more things to your stadium that make it a better stadium. Then you can worry about putting cool pictures on the back of your scoreboard. Trevor, I wonder if you've already voted for it because you're what you voted for is winning 
with in a landslide early on. It's got I have not voted 50%, actually. It's got nearly fifty percent of the votes. That's the UK logo with the former players in the background. That's why the best looking one. Why not do the state logo? You know, yeah, but the state one though. I mean, to me as a Louisville fan, I don't like the state one because listen, Louisville's in the state too. So don't give me the. Yeah, and I know you're the but, state university. I know that's what you're going to say, but listen, I'd be okay with Louisville promoting the state. It, you know, I, I I'm I'm fine with that. I'm not saying you. you if you're Kentucky, you use the state as your thing, but you Kentucky's also in the state. I'm not saying Louisville. Can't so's do that. Western. So's Eastern. So's Murray. Yeah. So's Moorhead. So's I'm, I'm fine with Danville. That. I mean, there's, there's yeah, but I mean, it's I don't know. To me, I would just rather use my logo if it was if it was Louisville and the same situation was was in front of us where you're saying okay, the players in the background say the Kentucky or the U of L logo. I would still say U of L logo. Yeah, well, it, it looks like that one's going to win, and that one looks fine. Hey, but make sure uh, you've got some lights on it. That's all I'm going to say. Because <laughs> yeah, we want to say, if it's not lit up, then what's the point of having anything on the background anyway? And, and and somebody tweeted in to me when I tweeted out that they're letting people vote on it by saying weak, weak choices. I mean, good God, guys. My 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 answer to this is who, <laughs> who, who cares? Give, my, I think who gives a bleep what the back of the scoreboard looks like. I'm more concerned what the front of the scoreboard is going to look like. Oh, <laughs> get those oven mitts, Trevor, because that was a hot take. Thank you, thank you. I'm here all week. Man, who cares what the you talk? You sounded like a PFT commenter right there. Do you ever read him? <laughs> no, I don't. Oh my gosh, he's hilarious. You sounded just like him there. Uh, yeah, I mean, who cares what the back of the scoreboard looks like as long as it's not graffitied with, you know, cuss words or uh, body parts that were often graffitied on my Sanex planner in high school. <laughs> Who cares? Uh, we're going to head to a commercial break. I'm getting a little too worked up. We're going to come back, talk Jamal Murray. There's some news about uh, his, his playing for Team Canada when he'll arrive at UK, so stick around. We'll be right back here on 1450 The Sports Buzz. You're listening to the Sports Talker with TJ Walker, presented by Allen Electric. Okay, folks, the guy in front of you is Tommy. He'll be taking you through my little spiel here. Tommy is a Scorpio. He likes biking, and he's never been laid. What's the matter with the clothes I'm wearing? Can't 
your ties too wide. Maybe I should buy some old tab collars. Welcome back to the age of jive. Where have you been hiding out lately, honey? We're back here. One final segment, 1450, the sports buzz. Yates had texted in and says, does anybody use the state outline as much as Kentucky does? I, I think Kentucky probably doesn't use it enough. Indiana uses it more. North Carolina uses it more. South Carolina uses their state flag, uh, which is similar. I'm trying to think of other states that, that use it. I think Texas uses it from time to time as well. well. Texas uses their state flag more than anything. I picture that, that Lone Star flag more than I see the state image. I think they have their state outlined somewhere on their maybe the back of their helmets or I think, something. I think Idaho does too. I think they use it on their field. I think they do as well. I, I wish Kentucky used their state logo more. Ohio and does on their field as well. Not to not to you know, not to it's not a knock against Louisville, Western Kentucky, or Eastern Kentucky, because I think they would be just as likely to use it if they wanted to. And, and it's not like Kentucky has a claim to the state outline. Uh, that's just proud to be proud to be from from Kentucky, and that's not you know proud to be a UK fan from Kentucky. Uh, I think is what that is symbolizing. Clayby one sixteen says he knows the UK fight song. He knows that most UK fans know the UK fight song. Uh, again, if you were a freshman at UK, you had to sing it. Uh, but he doesn't know a single U of L fan that knows U of L's fight song, and I don't know U of L's fight song. And I've been to a ton of U of L sporting events. I know just they do the all hail thing a thousand times at the end. I don't even know the fight song. <laughs> and I'm a UFL fan. I I couldn't uh oh no it's C A R D S C A R D S go cards go. <laughs> is that even the end of Louisville's fight song when they say all hail or is that the is that the not not the what what's it called? The fight song? No, not the fight song. The chant? No, not the chant. What what's the word I'm trying to think of? Like Trem- the alma like the alma mater song. Oh, I don't. Uh, you mean is that really part of it at the end where they say "All hail"? I don't know. I I, I don't know if yeah I don't know if that's really the fight song. Uh, Captain Art. Y- says, Yates says it is. By the way, that's the fight song. He says "All hail" is the fight song. Does, does he also does says he-, he wasn't referencing UK specifically? He was talking about the state in general. Oh, okay. Does Western and Eastern use it that much? Uh, not that I know Or is he of. just talking about just Kentuckians I, in general? The Kentuckians in general, I think. Oh, well, yeah. I, I, I'm sure Kentuckians in general use it just as much as anybody, but I don't see anything wrong with that. I like it. I mean, Kentucky's got a u- unique state shape. Seems Mike Tomlin was not happy with Dupree, by the way. As I'm reading I know, and, and Bud Dupree got in another scuffle and got, <laughs> kicked out of, got kicked out of practice. He must have been having a bad day. He is not. He, apparently something is not going well with him today. Probably just had woke up on the wrong side of the bed and was pissed off. I, you know, it happens. He has been kept, moved to second string, by the way, for the rest of the day, it says. Yeah. Oh, well. Uh, Captain Arctic says the Kentucky State outline is perfect geography shape for – a b-ball or football field old memorial coliseum looked awesome with the state and uk had those helmets that they wore with the state outline on it and then lost to ohio for a throwback game so we're probably never going to see those again those were awesome um but yeah i agree i I think you should get the state outline on the field maybe how would be even be okay with it having at rep arena but that seems less likely uh to happen need to talk a little jamal murray before we run out of time today 
as you all probably listening know, it seems unlikely that he's going to play for Team Canada. That news has broken uh, several different places. Today. Maybe that's why Bud Dupree was beating everybody up. <laughs> he was mad he wasn't going to get to play for Canada. Yeah, and that's why he got in a fight with Roman Foster, who, by the way, uh, if you've ever seen Roman Foster, I don't think I want to fight him. Uh, he's a uh, former Tennessee tackle. He's a pretty big dude. His brother played at Louisville. He's also half-brothers with Ron Slay and uh, Rodney Cardney as well. Uh, but you know, Bud Dupree is a pretty big dude, too, yeah, and sure. athletic and fast. Good. He can run but, away from Ron Foster, but go on. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it seems unlikely. And here's the thing. When I initially thought about this, and everybody wanted to bring up the NCAA, I don't know how it would be an NCAA deal. I'd always, thought, I'd always said and thought, hey, this is a U.K. thing. This is U.K. that would be saying he couldn't go. Now, it could be U.K. that at the end of the year, they'd have to report back to the NCAA, hey, one of our players failed their classes. But it's a UK. UK has, and they had this when I was there. Uh, not all my classes, but I'd say the majority have had attendance policies where you had, if you missed a certain amount of days, Trevor, you automatically failed. Uh, with without, you know, uh, you know, if you had a medical excuse, I think that would only count so much. But isn't that it, by the professor's progression? And it was the, the, the professor choose whether attendance is counts towards your. Pass fail or is it a school? Some time? some some professors can, and then there's some departments at UK. This is just an example. Say the the his the, you know the if you're a history major, let's say the, you know I, I don't know what the history department's called, but let's just say it's called the history department. Oh, makes they sense. They could say they could be their rule that uh, let's or you know better example. I was in the College of Communications at UK, getting a journalism major. It could be a College of Communications rule where if you miss. Uh, X amount of classes, 10% of your classes, you automatically fail. Um, and I know more and more schools are doing that and more and more college departments at UK are doing that as well. So it was simply probably with that, if, if Jamal Murray was going to miss two and a half weeks, a few of his classes, he probably would have automatically failed. And then at the end of the year, UK would have to report back to the NCAA, hey, Jamal Murray finished with a... Uh, 1.5 GPA and failed two classes or, uh, you know, I, I guess a 1.5 would probably be generous at that rate, more likely a, a one. But so, so it was UK doing that. And I originally thought, well, can't they make an exception? Can't, isn't there something that they can do? Cause I do think it's unfair that you're not going to give this kid an opportunity to help Canada uh, reach the Olympics for the first time since 2000. Isn't there anything that they could do? But then I thought about it and, if imagine, imagine Trevor, and you remember back when you were in college thirty years ago, how how annoying. First of all, it was only ten years ago because I went late. But but go on. <laughs> you imagine how how many so how annoying some of your classmates would be if Jamal Murray missed. There would be some dweebs at UK that would say, "Well, just because he's a basketball player, he could miss." I've got an internship in Hawaii that I need to go two for two and a half weeks. Why can't I miss classes? And you would probably have literally hundreds of kids throughout UK's campus, maybe even thousands that would be saying that stuff to their professors using Jamal Murray as an example. And just because he had to represent his country, people would be saying, well, I've got a, I've got a chance to better my career, do this and that. So it really would put UK in a tough position where they couldn't even make an exception for him because a lot of professors there already think they cater to their athletes too much. Now you let Jamal Murray miss two and a half weeks and get excuses to miss some classes and make up the work later. Uh, that just wouldn't fly, in my opinion. I, I, I don't know. It's, it's, it, 
if he if he make if it's, they make an exception to the rule for him, and I have no problem if they really do. If someone wants to cry about like because like you said I, they had an internship and they couldn't get an exception, suck it up and deal with it. Move on. You know what? And just like James Harrison's kids didn't get trophies for participating, you don't just get everything you want and hand it to you. You're gonna have to suck it up. Sometimes things aren't gonna go your way, and if Jamal Murray gets a break to where he's allowed to miss a few classes so he can go play, defend, not defend obviously, but represent his country and, and even in a sport, then good for him. Give him a high five. Clap him. Clap him on. Don't 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 be a don't don't be don't be Mike Epps in the in the Friday movie where he's hoping Ice Cube doesn't get any. Well, don't be I, a I, hater. I can see Kentucky. Ooh, torn ACL for Kelvin Benjamin. That is a bummer. Some, somebody is not happy at your fantasy draft right now. I just want feel you to feel bad know that. for him. Uh, I know who who drafted him. I think he was. Man, when when was he was he taken late first round or late second round? I will say this though, uh, not, not not to be not, uh, the, uh, the 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 guy that smiles at the the uh, benefit of someone else's uh, wrong bad happenings, but uh, that does help you with Greg Olson. Uh, yeah, it does. That's exactly what I was thinking. Uh, you didn't want to say that loud because that'd be bad karma for you. So I'll say it for you. I did offer a uh, a trade. I saw that he was carted off the field. So I offered a trade for Kelvin Benjamin for my kicker just to see if he would do it soon, hoping that maybe it wouldn't turn out to be a a bad trade. Yeah, and but you're a keeper league. You can just keep him. Screw it. I know. If he drops Kelvin Benjamin, I'm probably going to pick him up just to keep him for, for the remainder of the year, although you never know how players are going to come back from ACL injury. And while we're talking about Jamal Murray missing classes, I feel bad for him. It really is unfortunate. He'll get to play for Olympic uh, for the Olympic team. I guess how many classes I missed in high school, Trevor? <laughs> yeah, not as much as me. I promise you that. <laughs> Big goose egg, buddy. You missed zero classes? Zero. Not a one. I, I, I didn't go one day without missing one class. There was, uh, I, I think I went half my sophomore year without even going to like my last three classes of the day. I spent it all in Mr. Dench's communications room. The Walker brothers at St. X, when it combined eight years, zero days missed, no classes. How about that? Oh, man. I, I think <laughs> I had a biology class in my sophomore year. I think I went to it like six times. Quickly changed and didn't take long for me to miss uh, some classes in college, though. We're out of time for today. We'll be back tomorrow, 1450, the Sports Buzz. Thanks, Amanda Duffy, for coming on. Trevor, have yourself a nice little Wednesday. Kentucky Dew, Oprah Prince Classics, Pink Kentucky Blue. They say don't forget to seven, no be hitting two. So I'll call it blue, grass, so I'll call it purple. I'ma call it home, take a shot of troll. Lay back in the lap and take two to the dome. Ride from the bill to be G in my zone. Let me hear you say high time, sitting by the river. Got my old shotgun, fishing pole in my liquor. Cause people always trying to tell me how to run my life. When they say I'm going wrong and I swear I'm going right. Oh. High time, sitting by the river. Got my old shotgun fishing pole.